Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's interview of CalCap Doc Talks, where we talk to the individuals involved in the making of this year's selected documentaries. I'm your co-host, Daniel Niceto, and the theme of today is overcoming our obstacles. Now, it is very easy to give up when, when life gets tough, but in doing so, we do hinder the process of becoming the person we're always meant to become. The obstacles that were overcome in today's episode is Parkinson's disease and disabilities ranging in blindness, deafness, and cerebral palsy. Let's begin with our first segment with director Amir Ayir, and joining him is the director of photography, Alistair Gideon, and producer, Norman Young, in the project that they made together, The Long Road to Hope, Ending Parkinson's Disease. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Long Road to Hope. So let's, I have this question for, I guess for all of you guys, since all you guys are part of the team. What is it about? What is this movie about, The Long Road to Hope? Yeah, absolutely. So I can uh, sort of take the 30,000 foot answer here. Um, Parkinson's disease is uh, one of the fastest growing uh, diseases, has many man-made components to it, um, estimated to affect uh, more than 10 million people uh, worldwide. Um, and as such, it's something that we feel that uh, everybody should know more about, um, hear the stories of those affected, um, and understand what they can do uh, both to decrease their own personal risks um, and to advocate for those, uh, you know, who are affected by the uh, disease. Um, so the Long Road to Hope is, is really a series of profiles that we have woven together uh, into one story um, about uh, the journey of Parkinson's. Um, and uh, so we interviewed uh, 12 different individuals, um, all different parts of the country, all different stages of life, all different backgrounds uh, with the disease uh, to really understand um, you know, what they can, uh, uh, you know, what their stories are uh, and what we can learn uh, from those stories. Um, so we're, we're excited to, uh, to share this documentary with you. Yeah, I mean, even though this is about Parkinson's, I feel like it can still relate to the people who doesn't have Parkinson's or may not uh, know people who do have. And the reason for that is because, like, I found, like, the main theme of it is to, yes, while we do have obstacles that we face, we can still be able to reach our full potential. And that's what something like I specifically related to, you know, because yeah, we all have our own separate obstacles, but we, that doesn't mean that that could like stop us from like doing what we want to do. For example, one of them um, became an ambassador. One of them had a podcast and he started like reaching out information about that. And then oh, another one also did like a book called Parkinson's Parkinson Diva, I think. It just goes to show like how powerful like the, just a human like experience is like our spirit, you know, like, yes, while this disease in front paper on in front may seem to be like very depressing, very negative, just a human spirit is it goes to show that this story goes to show that the human spirit is way or it overcomes the negativity that, that we can like overcome the obstacles that we have. Now, for you, um, Aid, so I did, I, I reached out to my research team here and they told me that you were, uh, you majored, correct me if I'm wrong, but you majored in brain and cognitive science. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So in uh, the University of Rochester as an undergrad, I did uh, my Bachelor of Science in Brain and Cognitive Science and I minored in Film and Media Studies. So when I uh, was introduced to this project, it's, it sounded like the perfect marriage of the two. Um, knowledge um, areas and uh, you know I used my brain and cognitive science uh, background to uh, be able to interview these 12 participants in the documentary and as you said it's just incredible 
uh, display of human spirit across the board from all of them. You got someone who, you know, is playing in the U.S. Open for Parkinson's disease in, in table tennis. Um, you've got people like Omatola Thomas, who started foundations in, in Africa. She started Parkinson's Africa to spread the word about Parkinson's. And uh, as you identified correctly, Danielle, uh, a big objective and a, a big um, goal of this uh, of this documentary was to make it not just for people who have Parkinson's disease to watch it, but for people in general to learn about this global pandemic, as I would call it, and um, learn how people who are affected by it are not viewing it as a stop all obstacle. They're viewing it as something to conquer and something to work towards, um, you know, bringing attention to. So when we selected the 12 participants, it was a grueling process. We, we wanted to make sure that we get representation from all different not just geographically, but even racially, you know, and, um, you know, even just uh, age-wise, we've got, even though there's, you know, you know, six of them are senior age, we also got one woman in her 30s, Rachel, we got one, one woman, uh, Nikita from the Netherlands, who's in her 20s, and obviously, of course, middle-aged people, so we wanted to be very representative, and um, yeah, I would say that my background definitely helped in this project, and I really enjoyed it, because Film is something I'm very passionate about, and I do have a very, you know, I have a passion academically in in brain cognitive science and uh, neurological processes in general. Right, you could very much see that because it, it, the first like 20 minutes is like all like information. Like, uh, like I like the graphics that you guys made as well. It's very informative. I felt like I was watching like those type of documentaries you watch in school. You know, like okay, this is actually pretty interesting. But going back to you, I think this is more for all of you guys, that what really, like, at the end, what really touched me and what really made me get it all back together with uh, with you, your major in brain and cognitive science, is that at the end, it says that, what can I do? Like, what can you add to the community? What can you do? How can you make a difference? And I feel like for all of you guys, and specifically for the director, it's like, you kind of made aware that, yo, I have a passion for film. I know information about the brain and cognitive science. Let me combine those two and like help spread the word. And I felt like you kind of like fulfilled your um your calling in a way, if that makes sense. Like that was your opportunity to like spread the word. And I feel like it did so greatly because speaking for myself, I was a bit naive to Parkinson's. Like I was aware what an front page Parkinson's was, but I was extremely surprised. Um just I didn't know it could affect like people of young uh, of young age. Like when I saw that um that one young woman who who got it like in her early teens, and I just like couldn't like imagine like that's like I thought Parkinson's was for like older um people, but it just goes to show that it affects everybody. Now, while you guys were um what like what made you guys choose these uh, participants? Now I know I know you Ayer talked about this briefly. But like, what made you like? You said that you want to get like a good, you know, diverse um, stories. Were there any other criteria? Like, you know, maybe this person wasn't yet ready for the interview, but this person was. Like, what was the judging? You know, what made you guys choose this person, not that person? Hey, uh, Daniel, maybe we could just build in a little bit of background and context. Uh, the, the 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 film itself is actually based and built on a book that was published by four authors, leading thinkers, uh, clinicians in the Parkinson field. So you actually see Dr. Ray Dorsey, who's actually a director of our center, who's a principal author there. There's a clinician, uh, Dr. Michael Oaken in Florida, again, has been uh, spending his life uh, treating and, and uh, 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 people with Parkinson's. Dr. Boz Bloom has been a foremost thinker in the uh, globally and uh, based in Netherlands. And in Tashir, which is uh, 
at the time, the uh, director of uh, Michael J. Fox Foundation, as you know, is the largest foundation that has actually invested a lot of uh, uh, dollars in funding and resources in research, right? So that was really the base of it. To build on that, there was four themes around uh, PACT, which is a uh, acronym for uh, P for prevention, A for advocacy, C for caring, and T for treatment. And you can see the the, the organization of film is such uh, with uh, Iyad and uh, Alistair, looking at how we can actually, one, get a diverse set of uh, uh, participants uh, that would represent that well around how do we prevent it? How do you actually uh, exercise through uh, uh, prevention of chemicals and so forth to uh, advocacy? What can they do to advocate like Larry Gifford about, hey, you know what? I need to do something. He started PD Avengers, which is the one to call the action that we have to caring, which actually affects a lot of people of caregiver because people who have a debilitating uh, illness or disease like Parkinson's, it affects everyone, which uh, you can see that one of the participants, Mary Jane, uh, the the uh, wife was a key guiding light. And you can see that throughout and treatment. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities for pharma companies as well as uh, different uh, innovations that pharma people could take that we could actually drive more innovation. So I think that was like the general organization of it. And within that, um, over the many uh, years of working with the Parkinson because uh, we created as part of the um, University of Rochester Center for Health and Technology. We have done over 30 plus years of Parkinson's uh, clinical trials and uh, uh, including uh, four FDA approvals for uh, uh, you know uh, uh, um, drugs and medication for that. So we have a long history of it and we were very, very deliberate as Iyad and Alaska was like, well, selecting the right individual can tell the story around it. So I wanted to give that background and context that uh, the project was not only just a film, there was a book, there's a couple of seasons ahead of that. And then this all culminated this uh, documentary, which we had actually a lot of uh, really positive feedback. And being new to kind of the Parkinson's disease area myself, I was really surprised of, like you said, how many people are affected by it. And also, I always thought that this is like a old people's disease. It's not. We always thought that it's genetically, it's actually not. Actually, about 10, 15 uh, to 20% is really genetically driven. Actually, 80 plus percent, according to Dr. Dorsey, is really driven by environmental factors. So there was like a big call to action about what we can do about preventing, like we said, about advocating, about caring for those who we know and others, and also treating. So uh, I just wanted to add that because uh, I, I think it's not just a one one in documentary. It was a lot of work before that, culminating in what we actually deliver here. Yeah, right. just, to right. said, um, just to give some examples to uh, the, the PACT um, chapters that we really, that was the framework that we used to not just uh, pick the participants, but also categorize them. That I would say was a kind of a challenge actually uh, that we overcame during the editing process because we got this 12 terabytes of footage, you know, from all of these different uh, interviews that we did across the country of all these people. And then the question was like, you know, this, this four category acronym, these are all organic stories with their own uh, nuances, and each one of them could hit all of the four points easily, you know, with the amount of footage and content we had. So it was really a challenge to want to know first how to summarize and pick specific scenes from each of these interviews to uh, tell the story oriented to each one of the themes. So, for example, uh, for prevention, um, one of the people we interviewed is a, um, a veteran uh, called Amy Lindbergh, who served in the uh, in Camp Lejeune in North Carolina in the 80s. And during that time, TCE 
trichloroethylene. I don't want to butcher the name, trichloroethylene. When you edit this, trichloroethylene um, is a chemical that was actually, um, you know, see, you know, in that in that camp, uh, in Camp Lejeune, it was, you know, everybody was exposed to it. People were bathing in it, swimming in it, drinking in it. And um, she developed developed Parkinson's that she attributes potentially could be to TCE. So the film, as Norm said, really wants to emphasize that co uh, contrary to mainstream perception, which I was guilty of, uh, I would say too, before working on this, it's not just something that you are unlucky to have based on your genetics. You know, it's something that we all can help lessen the severity of and the, the prominence of by doing things like investigating TCE and making sure that places, even, you know, TCE is used in dry cleaners, it's used in decreasing metals, it's used in many applications that we should definitely call attention to, to prevent more people from developing this disease. And, you know, moving forward from prevention, we got advocacy, where, as Norm said, Larry Gifford um, is someone who's blessed with a, a very nice voice and a, a way to, and a great delivery, and he utilized that to uh, advocate for the disease and having his When Life Gives You Parkinson's uh, podcast. And then for care, we interviewed a uh, a doctor, a neurologist who has Parkinson's herself. She spent a lot of her career, um, you know, treating people with Parkinson's before she realized that she had it herself. So, you know, that was a clear, okay, she has to be in the care chapter because she's taking care of people with Parkinson's. She developed Parkinson's herself and she was taking care of her mom um, who had Parkinson's as well. So... Um, um, I would say that the, that selection process was, was pretty difficult, but we came out with, uh, proper th thematic references to all of to the PACT acronym. And then for treatment, you know, um, or for, uh, yeah, for treatment, we got people like Naveen and Tom Collins and Becca Miller, who all exhibited, uh, not just improved lifestyle through taking medications and exercising, but also gave the viewers a, a snippet of what it's like to get the news and get that terrible diagnosis. And then, you know, what do you do after? And that, as you said, could be applied to many other things than Parkinson's diagnosis, could be applied to many obstacles that one faces in their life. No, I, like, it does seem like you guys took a lot of great care and delicacy to like the process of crafting this documentary, not only um, both interview wise, but also information and et cetera. Switching to the filmmaking process, did you guys encounter any filmmaking obstacles while making this documentary? Yeah, I mean, I can I can speak a little bit um, to that, and, and I think to to uh, sort of add my color to your previous question as well, and sort of draw that into this. Um, I think our biggest thing here is, you know, we were looking at uh, ending Parkinson's disease, the long road to hope. And yes, the film itself, the way we've put it together, that is, you know, our story with a, with a lowercase s, right? Um, but these 12 incredible individuals that we have showcased, the film is really their stories, uppercase s, right? Um, you know, we are just helping be the medium through which they can share their experiences, their advice, their hopes, their dreams. And so um, as we were thinking about selection of our participants, as we were thinking, you know, from sort of the very highest decisions all the way down to granular decisions um, about, you know, how are we framing our shots? You know, uh, what kind of B-roll are we capturing? Um, what kind of activities and locations um, are we showcasing that they're doing? We thought 
thought consistently about how can we amplify their voices and amplify their experience? Um, because ultimately, you know, hearing their genuine stories is possibly the most powerful message that we could pass along, um, both to our immediate audience and also to the broader community that is going to engage and draw hope and draw strength and draw inspiration from this film. Right, right. And to conclude, I want to go back to um, the human spirit and how that is very hard to break. I remember on the first 20 minutes, one of them said that he would probably be in the psychiatric ward if it wasn't for his loved ones. And towards the end, it says, how can we um, help uh, with Parkinson's is that we could educate ourselves, exercise, maintain a healthy diet. But most importantly, what I think is most importantly is to be, um, choose carefully the people you surround yourself with because they can have a major impact, you know, your loved ones. And it goes to, it goes to show, like, the guy prior to this, like, without his wife, he couldn't, like, um, he thought that he might just go crazy. So in the making of this documentary, how important were your team, the people involved, like, how important were their roles in the making of crafting this documentary? Do you guys think you guys could have completed this without each other? Definitely not. I'll jump in right there. I mean, this was very much a, uh, you know, multifaceted team effort. I think we we each brought our own sets of, you know, strengths and skills and ideas to the table. Um, and ultimately, as, as you well know, as I'm sure you, you hear from many others who are on this podcast and these films are, uh, you know, being showcased, um, you know, this weekend, um, right? This is not a one-man show. This is not a, a one-woman show. This is not a, um, you know, sort of a, a solo endeavor, generally speaking. The more talented, you know, committed, passionate people that you have on your team working towards this common goal, um, I think the better end product it's, it's going to be. And, you know, I certainly found myself very lucky and very fortunate um, in that uh, process to have worked with Iyad and Norm um, and all of our other team members who, who aren't on this call today, um, really in the production and, and realization of this film. And just Thank to add you. on your point, Daniel, about the the purpose of of uh, education and the value of it in in, in topics such as this, um, as you noticed, the first uh, you know the first part of the documentary was literally just you know you can kind of take it out of a, an educational medical documentary. We really wanted to not only tell the stories of the participants who have Parkinson's disease, but we also wanted to provide expert medical commentary through featuring both doctor doctors Ray Dorsey and Boss Bloom. And that, that first segment, which uh, is about all about what is Parkinson's disease, serves as a baseline for people who are not familiar with how it works uh, to learn about it and then uh, listen to the experiences, the lived experiences firsthand from the 12 participants. And we even we made sure to include that commentary throughout where you would watch, you would you would hear the story of, of someone and then immediately know what Ray and Boss's opinions are of it and their their expert commentary. So as you said, uh, this would this is all in the in the vein of free medical education that's important and that sheds uh, you know sheds a light on such an, a big issue, not just socially in terms of the perception of a disease like this, but medically and politically as well. You know, we touched on concepts just uh, such as telemedicine, which as you know, um, you know, during the COVID pandemic, um, it was it was a big effort for from us, the University of Rochester uh, Medical Center's department, Chet Center for Health and Technology, and also the the ending Parkinson's disease um, um, initiative is to bring more healthcare access to wherever you are. Uh, you don't have to go to a to a clinic or doctor to receive the care. You can receive it uh, through your home. And we definitely wanted to emphasize uh, the the importance of keeping 
that ability for healthcare running even post the pandemic and COVID. So social, political, and medical um, aspects of this documentary were all emphasized in the way we were producing it and the way we were editing it as well. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, lastly, I just want to say congratulations. You guys ought to be proud of the work that you guys made. It's extremely not only beautiful, not only raw, but it's also, it's also true. And being diagnosed with a disease in general can make your life very black and white. And for and for instances, it can very much be black and white. But you guys managed to show, yes, it is real. But yes, it, this um, disease should not overcome you, should not overcome your human spirit. And one of them said that ever since I got Parkinson's, I became more creative, which just goes to show that this has not going to stop reaching my full potential. And with that, gentlemen, I want to ask if you guys have anything new that we should, we should look out for um, regarding your projects. Um, are you guys going to, is there any way how we can contact you or Instagram, et cetera? So first off is that maybe I could add the fact that uh, we have a endingpd.org website uh, built on the book that people could go through. And uh, Dr. Ray Dorsey and other authors are very supportive of the cause. And if for those people who, uh, first of all, you can buy uh, the book at Amazon. For those people who could not afford the book, we will be happy to get them a copy of it as well because we're in the spirit of actually advancing knowledge and sharing of it. So that's number one. Uh, you can also go to the parkinsontv.org where there's previous seasons that we have different format that we learned from and built from where this is Parkinson's season three. So those are a couple of things you can do. And the book in particular, there's a really specific uh, action step, call to actions that people could do. Something as, uh, uh, that we can do, like exercising more about uh, um, you know buying organic, uh, maybe even drinking coffee. There's actually given examples that we can do at the, at the personal level, as well as a broader level about how to advocate for it, reaching out to your congressman to advocate for banning of these pesticides to other types of... Uh, 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 more fun, uh, fun funding for from the NIH for neurological disorder like Parkinson's disease. So there's a lot of things we can do there. So happy to provide that information to you afterwards or to any viewers and uh, listeners. Um, I just looked up the number. There are uh, almost 7,000 PD Avengers um, in 95 different uh, countries and territories. Um, and they've been represented at um, or organized 135 uh, different events um, in the several years since their founding. Um, so an incredibly active organization. Um, you know, as Norm touched on, there are a number of, you know, real world bills, real world legislation, real world research, um, you know, ways that you can, you know, concretely help and make a difference today. Um, you know, so we are, uh, yes, we'd love for you to engage with, uh, you know, Parkinson TV and with the ending Parkinson's disease movement, but the Parkinson's world is so big wherever you are, whatever you're good at, whatever you do, there's a way for you to get. Dan, thanks very much for, for putting this together and for all your work on on the on, on the CCIDF. Um, you know, we're uh, we're excited, uh, we're, we're thrilled, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, October. Oh, yeah, I just uh, want to say thank you so much. Uh, this is personally on a personal note my first ever film festival selection of any project I've worked on. So I'm beyond honored and excited to come and attend in person and and experience it um, and see the, the all the, the great. Uh, films. There's so many great selections from a wide array of countries and uh, I'm excited to absorb all the art and learn more from all of the uh, other uh, creatives that are um, being featured in this film festival. So thank you so much Daniel and the rest of the uh, organizers of this film festival. Thank you Alistair, Norman and Naid for coming on today's episode. For our second segment, I am joined with director Chris Casasilli and producer Max Georgeson for their project Our World and Our Words, 
let's get right into it. Thank you so much for coming, guys. Now, first thing first, guys, tell us, Our World and Our Words is such a like interesting title. It makes me want to think, like, what is it? What is it about? Yeah, so the uh, the title came after a lot of, you know, talking back and forth, different ideas, but we wanted to uh, create a title that captured the idea, which I think is kind of the most crucial part of the documentary, that um, every word that's spoken is spoken by a self-advocate, a person with a disability, um, almost exclusively in the entire documentary. And so uh, that was something that we worked, you know, really closely with um, an organization in Nevada called the Nevada Governor's Council on Developmental Disabilities. They're a organization made up of self-advocates and they were our producing partner in this. And, you know, all of their self-advocates that we worked with that was the thing that was most important to them was that we were giving, you know, voices to those people answering the questions that they felt were important to be discussed, um, discussing things in their lives that they felt were important to be talked about. And so the title, Our World and Our Words, uh, to us, that was a, a good way to kind of encapsulate that theme um, that everyone, you know, that, well, all the, all the words spoken, all the perspectives um, that we were giving voices to were those of people with disabilities who were telling everyone else about their world um, in their own words. So that's the story I, there. <laughs> I really like the the mention of perspective because as you know, as I watch other documentaries, um, the, the aim is to share a perspective or an idea, correct? And I feel like what sets your film apart regarding perspective is that it's one thing to actually see a perspective, a new perspective. It's a whole different thing to actually feel a perspective, to hear the perspective. And I feel like you guys did that really well, specifically with the um, interviewer of Alexis, who was the deaf um, woman. And I really liked it when you guys, um, when she put on her earplugs, everything like went up. All the audio went up and like over-exaggerated. And just, it, it made you realize like, like how how loud our world really is, even though like in this quiet room, there are so many like little things going. And also with um, Dora, like when she was talking about her blindness, everything got shut down. It just like, it's kind of hard for me, in my, from my uh, perspective to like, you know, relate to someone. Like, you know, when someone's feeling down, you're like, you, you touch yourself like, yeah, I mean, I've been there with you. I've been through that. But when it comes to someone with a disability that you can't really relate to, you're like, how can you? Like, it kind of goes back to the title, like, our world and our words. And it's something that, um, what's it called? There's a quote that I really liked. I think Dora said it was about us without us. And when it's about like politicians and policymakers, like making rules for these um, people, but then you say like, well, who are you to say? Like, who are you to tell? Like, say all these rules. Like, you're not like. How do you know what? Like, what I'm going through, you know? And I feel like you guys really did a great job regarding perspective wise on that. Now, regarding with the um characters in the film, like, how do you guys go about? Like, why did you guys choose Cindy or Alexis or Dora? Like, how, was it like they volunteered or? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So this was not our first project with the NGCDD that we worked with. Um. We actually floated this idea to them for a different project and they said it didn't quite fit, but um, ultimately they came back to us later and said, we actually do want to make this as its own project. Um, and we basically have a list of people who have volunteered to do this. And so we worked with them to draft some questions about what they wanted to talk about, what they wanted to be asked about and sent that to, I don't know, maybe 10 people total. And then from that group, 
we narrowed it down to the people who were the most enthusiastic, who we all thought had interesting perspectives. Um, and some pulled out, it wasn't our, our choices, Aww. but it was a combination of um, volunteering and then also picking the people who we really like connected with their stories, basically. Right, right. And you, you mentioned prior to this, this wasn't your first documentary, but prior to this documentary, how like well informed were you about this community regarding the policies and what like were you guys well aware or not really it's actually not at all <laughs> we kind of came into well you know we started working with the organization actually in a more commercial context making uh, psas and um, other short videos uh, that the ngcdd were uh, producing for you know there was one that was about um how you can vote as a person with a disability in Nevada, the different options available to you to get to the polls. Uh, online voting is an option if you have a disability in Nevada and things of that nature. So raising awareness for that. Um, and so we had worked with them in kind of a commercial context. Um, and and then, sorry, I am huh, just lost my chance. Okay. <laughs> One more time. The question was, how well informed were you prior to making this uh, documentary? So sorry. Um, yeah. So we we had no exposure really to the disability community uh, at that point, and through working with them on those uh, commercial projects, we began to develop relationships with the self advocates that they were um, that they were you know bringing in to be um, spokespeople in these PSAs and things like that. Um, and through working with them and developing those relationships, we started to, you know, get a feel for that community and then and also, you know, just become friends and colleagues with those people. And it was kind of like building those relationships slowly that led us um, into that world. Uh, and honestly, through the process of making this documentary in particular, I think that, um, you know, going going through the process, interviewing everyone, becoming building relationships with everyone um, that completely changed our perspective. And we always had, I mean, the goal from the beginning was let's kind of make sure we take a backseat that we um, examine all of this information that we're getting as objectively as possible using everyone's perspective um, and trying to guide our story based on what everyone is saying and listening to that, as opposed to having our own preconceived notion of, um, of what the story should be. And, uh, you know, I think in that, through that process, now we feel that we're maybe in some way a part of that community. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fun seeing people watch the documentary. Cause that feels like also the process we went through while making it, we were like learning these things while making it that we were, are now able to put on the screen. And I mean, like you said, you liked like what Dora said or um, whatever happens whenever people come talk to us about like, oh, how did you know this? We also just learned while doing it. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we wanted to share with it in general. Yeah. And I think some of those things you mentioned, those techniques of trying to put people into the shoes of the person with the disability, that was uh, in a lot of ways our, our way of trying to understand ourselves and then taking our understanding and trying to relay that to an audience. Um, and uh, of course, always in in um, communication with the self advocates and making sure that that what we were doing was uh, accurately representing their experiences. Right. Yeah. I feel like capturing like just raw experiences, like you mentioned, it's both beautiful, but it could also be kind of hard 
were there any difficulties when recording this project? Any like obstacles that you guys faced, or was it all like just smooth planning? People ask this question a lot, and I think I mean you know there's always challenges inherent to documentary filmmaking. It's a challenging medium, I think, just in general. And so of course there's just you know you don't really know where you're going to end up. You have an idea, and you kind of go go with the flow and and do your best to reveal the story that um, that your footage and that your interviews give you um but in terms of you know I, there wasn't really a moment I can think of that was yeah. like a particularly challenging event I mean you know just the classic like you know scheduling things making sure that we had enough money enough time but um honestly everything went pretty smooth over I would say the most interesting part I think is we do get this question pretty frequently and I think a lot of people are expecting us to say that like working with a specific disability was difficult um but that was all super smooth sailing. The only things we ran into were the problems they would also run into in their everyday lives. Um, like I, at one point, Lexi was like, all the words are starting to kind of blur together. Like I'm getting this hearing fatigue kind of thing. And we're like, mm -hmm. that that's a great example of something that like you have to deal with in your classroom every day and stuff like that. And it it wasn't ever a problem from a filmmaking perspective, but it did lend us a perspective into just like the few hours we spend with them, what they have to go through on any given day. In right. Yeah. And like, they're just like the, the lives of these four women, like I just highly respect them because they're extremely not only brave, but powerful, you know, to go like not let these um, quote unquote norms like set them back. Because specifically like the what, what I interpreted of the theme of this movie was to like overcome adversity, you know, and specifically like as we all know, like life is just full of challenges and obstacles. And we let these if we let these obstacles and challenges like stop us then that will hinder our process of like fulfilling who we're really meant to be. And specifically uh, with Dora, her story of like, she mentioned the story of how like um, another blind woman got her kids taken away from her. And she was just explaining like, I cannot let that happen to me. I got to show them like, we are powerful, like we are able. And just her going to the meetings. And I just like thought like that story was so powerful because like that's her overcoming her obstacle. And essentially just like, it's really like an uplifting message. You show like, no matter where you are, who you are, what you have with you, what don't you have with you, you know, you're always able to overcome these challenges. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head with it. The theme that we saw was, was just the idea that, you know, every single person we talked to said, given the chance to uh, change their life, they, they wouldn't take it. They would, they would have, the disability that they have because the challenges that they faced has developed them into the people that they are and they're proud of the people that they are and they should be um and you know it kind of i think in that way we can all find a way in to understand the disability community because we all face adversity to some degree um every single person who's you know every single human being faces that and um having the perspective and hearing the perspective from these people um, that you look at those adverse situations and say, this is something that my overcoming can make me stronger, you know? And so, um, that was, I think probably the most, I mean, that's the most impactful, um, 
theme that we found. And that was just, everybody said that on their own accord. Yeah, unprompted. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> said individually, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I think Santa said it the funniest when she said, oh, well, maybe I'd be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> which was my favorite line of the whole shot. But they all had the exact same sentiment echoed um, every time we see them, basically, we do sh shoots over a couple of days and we'd always get that resounding sentiment. Yeah, I mean, guys, like truly this film is not only beautiful, but it's just like it relates. Like, you know, in the, in the front page, it may seem that this is a story about, you know, disabilities. But once you go deeper, once you fully understand, it's about stuff that we all go through, you know. And as a final question, fellas, what can we expect from you guys next? What's coming next? Well, we've got uh, a couple uh, narrative short films in in the pipeline um, that we've uh, written and are are about to uh, enter production on, and we also have um, a new documentary, uh, also about uh, a person with a disability, a guy with cerebral palsy in Reno. His name is Connor Fogel, and um, we're doing that in collaboration with um, the University of Nevada Reno. And uh, so that uh, that's untitled at the moment, but uh, that's kind of in the in the process. So yeah, that's gonna yeah. be a cool and one. No, no, no spoilers, no spoilers, guys. Please, is there is there any way how we can any websites or social media that we can like know your next updates? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so our uh, website and every social media handle is all Mountain Dog Visual Media. Um, Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or just.com. Um, you can also email us, uh, mountain dog VM is our email handle. So just info at mountain dog VM.com or all of our projects are going up on the website. So that's probably the best place, which again, no. is just mountain dog visual media.com. Max and Chris, I just want to say you guys ought to be proud of yourselves for making this masterpiece. I can't wait to see it in the full big screen in IMAX 70 millimeter. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to show it. But uh, you guys just ought to get, be proud of yourselves. I can't wait to see how the people of Rancho Cordova react to it. And honestly, I hope to see more of your work in the future, guys. Yeah, I just I loved it. I love the interaction. I love the message finally you guys just ought to be proud of yourselves thank you so much for spreading light on this um theme that many people like myself didn't know about but now we do now we're informed and now we can like uh help um create ideas on how we can help this community out well there you have it thank you for listening as always i'm your co-host daniel niceto and we post weekly interviews with these talented filmmakers so please tune in once again thank you all for coming and take care